Welcome to Immersive Talks. This is Palmer Foote from Bigfoot Music and Sound hosting episodes with Jump Into the Light around the connection between immersive technologies and the human condition. I want to give a few shout outs. Firstly, to Jump Into the Light, a virtual reality arcade where anyone can experience immersive gaming, art, and the latest technology. You can find out more at jumpintothelight.nyc. Mihao and Royal from Jump help produce this podcast and find incredible guests to be interviewed. I'm a commercial and freelance music producer, and ever since experiencing a meditation garden in VR, my worldview changed. I'm interested in seeing how immersive technology influences traditional concepts of community building and idea proliferation. Today, I'm lucky to speak with Steve Lucen, founder of Support Creativity, an organization that provides scholarships to passionate creatives. To learn more about Support Creativity and to apply, visit wesupportcreativity.org. Steve Lucen is a passionate creative himself, and we get into his background and how he built a resilient network. Steve Lucen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Can you give us a little bit of background on yourself and how Support Creativity came about? Sure. So I am a creativepreneur, I would say. I do a lot of, well, I run brands that are based out of design. They do, like I have a brand called Hallucinated Design. That's where I do uh, branding and marketing for entertainment and nightlife, like DJs and, and record labels, restaurants, bars. Um, support creativity. Cool name. Is, hallucinated, <laughs> hallucinated design. design. Yeah, my last name, Lucen, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Support Creativity is a nonprofit that I'm building where I give out scholarships to passionate creatives going to college and grad school. And I even have another brand called Legacy Greek where I do branding and marketing for fraternities and sororities. So um, a little background for me, I'm a designer at heart, you know, at, at, by trade. Um, I learned how to animate in grad school at Parsons New School for Design. That's where I fell in love with it. And mm-hmm. I wanted to do anything that had to do with animation and design afterwards. So I went and uh, graduated in 2010. But the market was trash at that point. So nobody was hiring. And that's why I was forced to start my own things, my own businesses, my own brands. Um, ended up getting hired by my first by one of my main clients uh, doing VR, actually. So um, oh, cool. uh, I, well, it started with animating comic books for 451. Um, that was cool. And then they branched off and did a VR arm. And that's where I was doing uh, production and post-production for for them in, in with virtual reality. Nice. Um, but as of last year, I left that to, to go back and do my own thing. And um, really because I wanted to build support creativity, really see it grow mm-hmm. in the way that I wanted to, to, to grow, which is I really want to give out a uh, full rides like every year to students. I want to have a, a school that's free for them. And um, I felt that if I needed to, in order to achieve this, I would need to have a little bit more control of my time or, you know, put my heart into the things that I wanted to in order to like bring in all that positive energy and make that happen. So here we are. Cool. Uh, yeah. And so Support Creativity is located in New York, uh, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's located, I guess, in my office. It's a, it's a very small, I mean, it's just, uh, it's not an, I wouldn't say it's a physical location. I guess it is. People, the students do come to my office every now and then to, mm-hmm. to do some mentorship stuff, but it's, um, it's not like we have a, a big office or anything, you know. It's um, my personal office, but 
it's uh, based out of New York because it's that's where I'm at. At first, I had the scholarship be nationwide, mm-hmm. and then I decided to bring it back down to more like the tri-state area. Cool. That way, I can meet with the students, um, physically give them a check, and have them physically meet my network. You know, and then that way they understand that it's not just you know some random person on the internet giving them a, a check to their school. You know, mm. I want them to to understand that. Especially from what I've learned, you know, being a designer and a creative, it's really like who you know, who you interact with, your collaborators, your, you know, who, who you uh, yeah, collaborate with. So I wanted to draw them into that network and, and show them, hey, you're now part of the family. How did you grow your network? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. So I went to Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. That's an engineering school near Albany in Troy, New York. And... It was a very intense school, very not as diverse as I would like it to be, right? Mm -hmm. So going in, it was a culture shock. I grew up in the Upper West Side of Manhattan in a very diverse school. And I went to LaGuardia High School, very diverse Mm. um, high school. So going over here was a culture shock, a lot of white people. Right. And I pledged a Latin fraternity called La Unidad Latina Lambda Upsilon Lambda Fraternity Incorporated. Mm -hmm. So with that, I was almost automatically connected to a network that was nationwide because this this fraternity had chapters all over the nation. Mm-hmm. So I went to RPI, I went in as an engineer, but I came out a designer. And it was mm. and it was really because of this fraternity. Um I pledged and they're like, oh we're throwing a party. They found out I went to LaGuardia High School. Like, how about you do this party flyer for us? And I'm like, okay, I'll try. Um, I didn't know what Photoshop was, mm-hmm. you know, they, I downloaded it and was toying around with it. I remember till five in the morning mm. and I loved it. I fell Sounds in familiar. love. I fell in love. And um, <laughs> ever since then, I kept doing flyers. I was like, yo, let me do the next one. Let me do the next one. Word got out and on campus. Hey, how much you do? How much can you do this for? You know, for how, can, how much can you do a flyer for? I'm like, oh, you want to pay me? Then I started getting better and better. And then outside of Albany, that's when word started to spread out um, to my network across the nation. And then, you know, I get older, people still remember, oh, Steve did this flyer, Steve did this logo, Steve did this whatever. And then they would just uh, hire me for other things, you know, as we as we got older. So kept that na- kept that that contact with everybody. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people end up losing their contacts for if they pledge a fraternity or sorority, but our our motto is la unidad para siempre, which means the unity is forever. Mm. So we pride ourselves in keeping in contact with each other. So you mentioned before that you have this one project where you design for the fraternities, right? Yes. Did your experience in the fraternity help inspire that entrepreneurial venture? A- absolutely, 100%, I would say, because, like I said, I went into RPI as an engineer, came out a designer, and it was all because I fell in love with what I was doing in terms of promoting events and parties and all this stuff. Cool. And, yeah, I almost dropped out. I almost dropped out. I remember crying in front of my brothers at, at one meeting, and I was saying, guys, I'm... I'm failing my engineering classes. I'm getting D's and C's, and I, I think I want to quit. And that was a tough time because I was paying a shit ton of money for yeah. RPI. RPI at the time was 50 grand a year, something like that. And um, 
they encouraged me to switch. And because I switched my major mm. from engineering to uh, electronic media arts and communications, cool. Um, I was able to get straight A's, be happy with school, <laughs> nice, right, and then continue on to pursuing an entrepreneurial uh, uh, sort of lifestyle, starting my own business and design, neat, figuring creativity out and uh, making money off of it. What was the first time that you experienced VR? The first time I experienced VR was when I. Was at four five one right when we were at, when I was doing the comic book company. Mm-hmm. They started this virtual reality arm. I'm trying to remember the very very first thing that it was, but I remember you know getting a headset on, and was astonished at the screen being so close to me. But it was immersive. Yeah. So it wasn't that long ago. I want to say that was 2016, cool. maybe. Or VR as how we know it now. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. know if VR, like if, if House of the Dead is considered VR. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even sure. You know, taking the guns with the screens in front of it. It's immersive, right. I would say, right? Um, but VR as we know it now, I think it was around 2016, 2017 maybe. Was there any experience that stood out to you that you can recall? Yes, absolutely. I mean, for me, it was just Google Tilt Brush. Like... I fell in love with mm. it. I would throw it on, put on some music, and just start playing around. Mm. And because I love animation, the, the brushes anime, and I was astonished. Yeah, I was so excited that I would show other people, and I would get chills showing them because I know how excited they would get and because and, I had the same feeling. And you would see, they would be blown away like, whoa, my goodness, how is this? So then I started taking that medium and creating visuals for, let's say, to project on, onto uh, screens or onto uh, festivals and stuff like that. Because I've grown to do branding, logos, sure, promo material, but I also VJ, mm. which is doing um, uh, mixing visuals at clubs and festivals and events like that. So... My ultimate, 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 ultimate goal. After I build Hallucinated, after I build my personal brand, after I build Support Creativity, after I build Legacy Greek, and maybe any other brands that I'm running, I want to VJ all over the world. Wow. That's that's like my ultimate goal. You know, uh, take my wife around and have fun that way. Show her the world. Exactly. <laughs> Can you use Tilt Brush while VJing? Or is it something that you create in Tilt Brush and you project with modifications during the live performance. Right, the, the the latter. So the way I've approached it, I mean, I'm not sure if you could do it live. I think you can. I just haven't done it that way. Mm-hmm. But I would uh, create the art in Tilt Brush, export it out, you know, 360. And then uh, I was learning how to manipulate the cameras in Unity. Mm. But I haven't dabbled in it too too far in to like really produce it the way that I want it. Um, but that's taking that file, right? And then um, having different variations, different angles, and then being able to project it onto a screen, a projector, and then manipulating the effects um, with using the MIDI controller that I have. Cool. So fun. I yeah, love that's, it. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. We host uh, DJ events, and it's always really fun to have um, – have our friend who who's really individuals go up and, and pre-make some stuff and project them all over the space. And ah. it's just, it's a blast. So where, where is this? 
Um, we do we do uh, we do events in Brooklyn and usually house parties actually uh, rooftop parties. Yep. Beautiful. Um, we usually don't like to make people pay for our our shows. We like to go the old school David Getter route where he would just host parties until they got too big for his uh, mm. for his roof or whatever, and then we move into venues. We've done a few venues and they've the parties have been amazing. Um, we we had we had a show in Brooklyn. I think we're gonna find. We're looking for for new venues, you know. We're looking for the venues that are sort of up and coming and are willing to meet our requirements, which are we're not going to charge that much at the door, but we're going to get a huge bar sale, you know. Um, so, you know, we'll see where that goes. It. But I think that VJing is one of the more moving components to a, a live show, especially it's, when it's DJing. Yeah. Oh, my you goodness. Know? It's uh, your front and center yeah. pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, You're just as important in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's thrilling it is absolutely thrilling because i mean here's the thing a lot of a lot of the time when i would vj for somebody they wouldn't give me their set list they they mm -hmm. would not i wouldn't even know what type of music they play most of the time so it's really about just being in tune with the music just being in tune with the computer and dancing with the computer so to speak right. and um I have, an to yeah, I have to anticipate the drop I have to anticipate <laughs> like everything um and it's, I don't know, I love it. It's such a different feeling. I don't think that uh, a lot of people will feel. <laughs> so you said that you were interested in in, uh, in Photoshop um, at first. At first, that was like the kind of first program that you stayed up until 5 a.m. about. That's right. Were there any other programs that stood out to you that made you stay up that late? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like it's what, a what kinds of, I'm curious as to, you know, where you as a designer, um, that's a very accomplished entrepreneur. What kinds of programs did you invest in, you know, in, invest your time and energy in? Yeah, a lot of it was definitely Adobe Photoshop. Um, Adobe After Effects is what I mainly use for animating. And I guess going into my, I mean, when I was doing the VR stuff, right, mm -hmm. I was sort of forced to learn the ropes of Adobe Premiere. Right. And I'm glad that happened because that's how you edit fast. And so like, but naturally because I was an animator and, um, and naturally I guess love music. I had a knack for editing as mm -hmm. well. So it was very good. I would say those are the, the three main programs that I, that I mess with, but I, I very versed in Illustrator and InDesign, all the Adobe um, oh, cool. products, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think any obscure ones. Oh, Maxon Cinema 4D. I love that that tool. That's another one that I fell in love with in grad school. Mm. I was showing one of my classmates, I remember, um, a storyboard and it, and it had 3D type and stuff, but I, I did that. I did it all in Photoshop. He's like, oh, you're trying to do 3D? Here, let me show you cinema. And I was like just floored again. Cool. Like I was just blown away by technology, you know? I was like, oh my goodness, this is what I wanted to do. I could like extrude some text and throw a cube over here mm -hmm. and put some lights and some shadows and... I don't know. I don't know what it is that I love about like designing and and shapes and art and texture. It's it's something that you can just create from nothing and yeah, create something. It's it sounds like you're really jumping into the like immersive content side of things with the VJing. Where do you think that immersive technologies are going in the future? Going in your brain, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Black Mirror, mm -hmm. right? A wonderful show. Um, fascinating. <laughs> wonderful show. Fascinating. <laughs> like, I am, yeah, just like yeah. floored again by the technology that it's possible. I mean, that's somebody imagined it, right? But I, I don't feel like we're too far away from 
being able to throw something in your ear, putting on a contact lens, you know, and being immersed all the time. Mm -hmm. um, that's the like AR, right? Augmented reality. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I think TVs might be a, a thing of the, of the past. Well, I guess in the future, right? That <laughs> that makes sense. But um, yeah, I mean, AR is, is definitely coming. I think it's just taking a little longer than some people expect just because now everything is just so fast and instant. People want it now. But building on this technology is, I think just like designing in general, it takes time, you know, to the creative process, the iteration process, the development of it all. Are any of the applicants that you receive interested in creating and developing VR and AR content? That's a great question. So I've only seen like a handful in the in the five years or so that I've mm. you know that we've done the scholarship. Yeah, only a handful. And in, you're getting over five hundred applicants a year, right? So the first year we had seven applicants. The second year we had five hundred fifty three applicants, and um, it's been fluctuating ever since. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think last year we had 400 or something like that, 300. Um, but I, I do get web technology. I get people uh, designing apps or designing um, video games, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I would say like probably not VR stuff just because it's probably not as accessible, right? So that's why uh, I heard, I think, um, Mihao earlier today or, or Sky saying that you guys have schools coming in to jump into the light. And I said, yes, that's exactly what needs to happen. The students need to come to a place and experience the technology or even better, the technology go and pop up in the classroom. They need to be exposed to it. And I know it's a little difficult, you know mm. what I mean? I know there's the laptops that are, the VR-ready laptops, which can happen. I know it's a little bit of work, but... yeah exposing young students to the technology design and just what the possibilities what we have access to incredibly important incredibly yeah. important because i remember or i would go to a lot of career fairs or career days in high schools or even middle schools right i would come in with my laptop show them all these logos cover arts um business cards and posters and then show them some animation and they get they get floored again. You know, they're like, mm -hmm. wow, you could do this? I'm like, yeah, I did this. Look at the color of my skin. You know, I kind of look like you. You know, you can do it too. You know, and then it just opens their minds. It opens their eyes. And that's what I'm like, I guess, really about. And with Support Creativity, trying to spread that message. Hey, you know, you can do it. It's possible. I, I grew up in projects. I don't know if you knew that. Um, in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Um, not the greatest, you know, like there's piss in the elevator and it was like coming home to that all the time was whack, roaches everywhere. Um, but there's other people that have that type of lifestyle or worse, you know. And I guess what I'm trying to inspire is that, hey, if you just do something that you're passionate about, you mm -hmm. know, if it's design, if it's dancing, it's VR, whatever, like love it, be the best at it and get paid for it. And then you'll be all right. You know, I kind of made it. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I consider myself successful. I'm not where exactly where I want to be at. I think we're always developing, but right. I, I, I inspire to, um, or I want other people to, to see that, that, hey, you, you have a choice of the things that you can do. And, but they also need to be exposed to it. 
are there any stories that you have of, of kids kind of coming away with something that they didn't have before after working with some of this tech? Well, definitely one of the applicants that I've had, his name is Fernando. Um, I brought him actually here to jump into the light. That's right. And um, exposed him to VR, mm. right? And he created a whole outer space scene in Tilt Brush. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just like exposing this, this, this person to another world, another medium, another way of creating. Mm-hmm. He was just amazed and he's like, wow. So then I just, you know, showed him the technology. He ran with it. And then he would, then without me, he would keep coming back. He would keep coming back and playing, you know, and discovering and trying to do other things. Um, As of right now, I don't think he's done, I mean, that was a few years ago. So I don't know if he's done more VR stuff. I know he's really into murals, right? But imagine once, oh, you know what it is? He occasionally on Instagram, he would send me like, um, projection stuff and like VR stuff. He's like, yo, check this out. So I, I can, I, I know the, the, the gears are turning in his head. And um, again, it's just exposure to different technology, different creativity. Cool. And it's, um, it's amazing. You've got an incredible repertoire of entrepreneurial in- endeavors. I'm so happy that you've been able to come through and, and talk with me here at Jump Into the Light today. Yeah, for sure. It's really inspiring to hear your story and I'm wishing you the best of luck, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me here. Brought to you by Bigfoot Music and Sound and Jump Into the Light. If you want to reach out to Bigfoot for commercial music interests and post-production needs, including podcasts, original music and sound, sound design, and much more, contact yo at b-i-g-f-o-o-t-e dot com. If you're interested in developing your VR and AR content, contact hello at jumpintothelight.nyc.